Kia ora. We're here for the unedited session again, and it's the arts issue, and we have a secret friend here—the <laughs> the extra member, oh my gosh. the extra core guy, our designer Bella, core member of editorial team that's not on the podcast. Hello, hello. I am the Frankie Jonas of the Salient team. Yeah. Secret, secret brother lurking. Indeed. <laughs> I don't know about this law, but let's, let's just continue anyway. You, know you don't know Jonas brother? I don't. You don't know the Jonas brother. Do you not know who Frankie Jonas is? No, there's, so there's the three Jonas brothers and then... And then there's Frankie. Frankie. You knew about that, surely. No, I didn't. He's our our age, not your age, but our age. Oh, yes. Maya's young. So young. Maya, Maya is 12 years old. Yeah. <laughs> in case you didn't know. <laughs> Arts um, issue. It's yeah. Arts issue. So this is. I actually don't know if arts has been done big time in the past, but it was. They did it last year. No, Babs. that's what. That's what I was saying. Let me get to my point. Um, but last year it was done, and John Harvey was like, "Hey, Alice, old designer, last year, you should guest edit this issue, and we'll do a cool arts issue." And we were like, "We're gonna do that again." Um, so Bella guest edited this issue and wrote the editorial and organized all this really fun and cool stuff and um, organized a little bit of a competition. Would you like to talk about that? Yeah, so talk about the general kind of ethos of this issue. Um, it's just a general exploration of all kinds of artistry and creativity. Um, and we decided for this issue to run a centerfold competition because we know you guys can't get enough of our centerfolds each week. And yeah, we have four different pieces of art in this issue. Um, woo, very exciting. I won't tell you anything about it because you're just going to have to pick it up and have a look. Mm. But yes. that just means so much content to put on your walls and cut up. And I'm very excited to see that. Yeah, it's very fun and cool. We have four centerfolds kind of well we have two big centerfolds and two all small ones so it's very fun and cool yeah yes. thanks to everyone who entered it was yes. an absolute pleasure to look through everyone's work we're gonna do the special mention thingies on instagram right yeah, yeah. we we will okay because we had so many amazing submissions it was really hard for us to choose yeah four pieces yeah do you want to have a chat about your editorial yeah, so um, I found this editorial kind of hard to write because art is a big topic. So I kind of just wrote about what art is for me and what I do in this job and how hard it is being a creative under capitalism, <laughs> <laughs> basically. Um, I think I was talking to Hoy about that on this podcast last last week. We were talking to Hoy. Mm. I think it was Hoy. And um, we were talking about how hard it is to create art to a deadline when there's when you're producing to a print schedule and having to work and create. Yeah. It drains you. It really, really is. And it's even worse when you're still a student and you're not like getting paid to make it. You're just training yourself to make art under capitalism. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, basically, just talking about how important it is to make bad art, whatever that is, when you can, because <laughs> that's what saves you from imposter syndrome and feeling like you can't make good art anymore. If you just mm -hmm. like have a craft night with your friends mm -hmm. or, I don't know, make some silly music. Yeah. Whatever is your craft. Mm hmm. 
I really liked that part of your editorial. It felt really inspiring to me. I was like, ooh, I can go create stupid shit that doesn't actually matter that much but just mm-hmm. brings me a little bit of joy. Yeah. Not I, everything yeah. has to be super serious and ha- be the best thing I've ever made in my life. Mm-hmm. I think it's the best way to actually practice because a lot of times I, I feel like when I'm sitting down to do something, I'll be like, it's bad, and then I stop. And then I, it's bad because then you don't do it again for like 10 years and then you just don't progress. So, you know. Yeah. I think when I started this job, the biggest thing I had to learn was that not everything has to make it onto your Instagram grid. Yeah. And that has helped me Mm. very much with making art. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of shit that I just don't share and that's what helps me make the actually good stuff. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the shit that I've thought is just the shittest, most 20 minute thing I've done in my life ends up being the thing that people like the most which is silly some of my (laughs) best covers have been like that some of the covers that people are like wow that's the best salient cover ever has been this shit that I'm just like yeah I was having having a chat with my flatmate the other day because we both write very different things but we both write and I was talking about how like sometimes when you write a piece and you like don't spend much time on it and you're like oh I just have to get this done people like this is great like Maya when I wrote that mullet piece you were like this is your best piece and I was like what the fuck I was I loved that so much not enjoy that piece (laughs) mulletification it just like was like a blob of bad in my opinion no but you know that's that's what it is though is like that's what you think and it's like you have to just make anyway because you know it comes from somewhere mine was my halloumi rat news article and i've never had so many people message me being like this is fucking hilarious (laughs) and i wrote it in like 20 minutes (laughs) yeah do you do you bella do you have a cover that you're you don't like but you got praise on oh I mean, there are a couple of them. Not necessarily that I don't like, but that just I didn't put as much thought into. Yeah. Probably, like, the brain cover. Mm. That took me probably a third of the time it usually takes me to do a cover, and people loved that yeah. one. I like that one a me lot. Me too. Yeah. yeah. For those of you that don't know, because people listening to this probably do, but if you don't, we don't have multiple designers. <laughs> we don't have a sweatshop factory of designers. We just have Bella, and Bella does the cover pretty much every week, apart from the guest edited issues, which is a massive output. Yep. 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 There is only one of me, unfortunately. Yeah. No one else in the sweatshop making crazy no. she-they eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Bella is not. Fit, forced to work 20 hours they actually work a lot more than that yeah I, I, sometimes <laughs> I wish it was only 20 hours but yeah that's probably how long it takes me to make one cover and that's only one tiny little bit of my job yeah if you're wondering what we're talking about we're talking about a tweet <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. there was a, a tweet about my work recently um what did it say it was like a photo of a sweatshop which a bit of a controversial yeah. thing to not, compare. Not great, guys. But, um, okay. but it basically was like uh, Salient exploiting all their designers working 20-hour shifts to make another cover with spunky she-theys with weird eyes. Yeah. And honestly, I just take that as a compliment because, yeah. It's kind of slay because I was like, that's kind of me. Yeah. So that's funny. All my friends are just spunky she theys with weird eyes. Oh, indeed. So. So. You see where I get my inspiration yeah. from. Just it look at Fran. <laughs> Wellington. <laughs> yeah. I think that's yeah. a very Wellington-esque thing. I think it works well for Wellington. Yeah, I actually, when that came through, I was like, first I was like, oh. 
Um, and then I was like, oh, yeah, it's kind of slow. Yeah. And then since then, we've taken this very niche tweet to heart. We have, and we talk about it very much. And it actually inspired my cover this week. Um, if you look at the guys on this week's cover, they're pretty spunky. They're they're giving she-bae. Yeah, indeed. Um, but yeah, quickly talk about the cover design. Essentially just going for like what everyone's creative inner world looks like. And we've got some little art references in there. A little Henry Matisse, a little Van Gogh. Van Gogh, I don't know. Do I you, don't know. I don't know. Vincent it's Van fine. Gogh. Yeah. So, yeah. Wake me up yeah. when you go, go. <laughs> I get a shout out in Bella's editorial this week. It's pretty slow. Um, and it's because I always say that the reason why people like Bella and I have really fun and cool inner worlds and are creative is because we're Aquarius moons and that's really fun and cool and it basically just okay Aquarius Aquarius is the sign that is like are you laughing at my mispronunciation okay ignore sorry um yeah anyway <laughs> Aquarius if you look at the sign if you look at the um zodiac like in evolution that's what I do Aries is like the first evolution of human and Pisces is like alien guy so Aquarius is like spirit world communicator so we're like we have like the biggest inner world ever because it's like if you want to think about it that way connected to the planet and stuff so that was cool thanks for the mention of course I mean we all have Aquarius placements yeah. in this room so I think that's what makes us a really good creative team indeed I am the main one, Aquarius. <laughs> the the middle one. The a sun? Sun? Yeah, yeah. the yep. sun one. <laughs> yes. So true. I have seven Aquarius placements, but I'm a Capricorn, so it grounds me a little bit. <laughs> Indeed. Okay, moving on from astrology. Yeah, sorry. Should we talk about the features in this issue? The content. Should I talk about the arts and culture? Oh, yes. The beefy arts and culture section. This week, Bella let me have really big arts and culture and that was really nice I really appreciated that because arts and culture is my child you're welcome um yeah thank you <laughs> um but yeah I sent our amazing writing intern off well actually it was her idea but I I encouraged her to to go and talk to street street performers street performers um because they're fun and cool and there's lots around Cuba Street if you walk around um and I think it would be cool to, I thought it would be cool to like have a chat to them like Tree and the tap dance guy and we didn't talk to the pirate but he was another one that was mentioned in the office yesterday mm. um but it's yeah a bit intimidating the pirate yeah so mm. there's little mini profiles on um on Tree and this uh, really cool circus guy called Matthias and this like crazy stunt guy called Kozo and Caleb tap dance guy and tree. Um, and you should read it. It's very fun and cool. And the second thing is we sent staff writer Pippi, who is actually a poet, if you didn't know, um, and she has her own little publication um, out to talk to other Wellington poets and talk to them about what it's like being a poet in Wellington and kind of like, how the poetry scene in Wellington is really accepting, but also being a poet feels kind of cringe sometimes still because, you know, you're basically putting your most vulnerable thoughts out onto a page and then speaking them out loud in a shitty bar. Um, so, yeah, that was fun and cool. And thank you for letting me have big arts and culture. Appreciate it. Very good. Very good pieces. Um, 
Yeah, also just shout out to Gia, our running intern. She's been doing some really amazing she's, content. Yeah. love Gia. She did the street performer piece. Also, guys, she's 17. What mm-hmm. the fuck? <laughs> we talk about this so often. <laughs> like, what? So often we're like, how is Gia only 17 and so cool it's, and the level of cool I can never achieve in my life? It's so weird. I'm going to be 23 really soon. Like, I'm like old man to her. Anyway. Shout out that we also have both our interns in this issue, which is cool, because our news intern has a really big beefy news article about how advanced graduations have been cancelled and how that's fucking over international students on limited visas. And it's a really good article with lots and lots of factors in it. Shout out to both of them. Yes. We had our interns. Do you want to continue talking about the news section for a bit and then we'll move on to the features? Um, okay. The other thing in our news section is that we also have our candidate corridor um, articles. The last couple of those before the election issue, um, the last ones of our Rongatai candidates in this issue. So go be an informed voter and read those. We've got the Labour candidate, Philip Simons, and the national candidate, Grunamuthu, um, in this issue. And especially if you might have noticed the debate that happened in the Hub last week, the Rongatai candidates debate, you can follow up on that with some more spice and intrigue with our interview series with both of those candidates. Um, you might see some repeated quotes, some reused phrases in those interviews um please go read them and then go vote also shout out bruce new conservative candidate who does not believe in climate change um (laughs) or at least does not believe that climate change is man-made yeah Yeah. and (laughs) fleur was you know she said something which i can relate to she was like i wish you were right bruce but you're not and Mm -hmm. i that's you know that's the reality yeah so don't vote for new cons. We're not even interviewing them, and they I don't care meant about to saying be in the that. Debate. They're like, fuck off. It was meant to be ACT, but ACT hates us, so, you know. ACT pulls out of every single debate. Like, someone actually needs to go and look at how often the ACT party is pulled out of media appearances and public appearances. They're just probably too scared that they're going to make some comment about blowing some other place up, so, yeah. you know, probably yeah. best not to put them in front of media right now. Yeah, ACT MPs are dropping like flies, guys. <laughs> I wonder why. Anyway, features. Features. So we've got some pretty diverse features this week. Oh, we have a new contributor, Nurek Latap. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We have a new secret contributor, Nurek Latap. Yeah, he's quite cool. Um, do you want to mention that that feature, Bella? Yeah, so we have a feature this week um, where Nurek Latap is arguing that professional wrestling is a high art form. And he's a pretty, a pretty high-end art critic, so, you know, it's pretty pretty good stuff it's well thought out very intellectual Mm -hmm. Um, as wrestling is yeah we were really really excited to get a pitch from this guy like he's he's pretty profound he's uh, uh, written some art art critiques for some pretty like you know big big time artists so we were really excited to get a piece yeah very excited about Narek Latip very good um we also have a piece from local drag king King Marcus Marcus? Who was in my dream last night, oh, weirdly. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Right, I do want to know about this dream, but you don't have to tell us about it right now. No, we just went to it. Me and my flatmates just went to a show, and it was nice. That's all. Oh, oh very awesome. nice. Well, maybe all of you and your flatmates should go to King Marcus's next show, probably, at Ivy. Mm. Because he's awesome, and he's written a piece about how RuPaul has impacted the drag scene. Mm-hmm. 
It's very good. Very Mainstream cool. visuals of drag does not equal the local drag scene and instead actually place some limitations on it. Yes. Exactly. And we've got a big deep dive into some into GNT Productions and Capital Theatre Trust, specifically in the Wellington theatre scene based Phoebe. Um, Phoebe Robertson has been doing a huge investigation to this over the last couple of months. It's been really enjoyable to be along for the ride um, and see how that plays out. But basically, you might have seen Wicked up in St. James Theatre recently. Wicked's an amazing musical. Um, unfortunately, most of those behind the production of that very like high stage production were not paid. Um, the orchestra were paid. The rest of them were not. The backstage, the cast, the crew, um, all of those people were not paid, apart from the lead actor, weirdly. Um, Wait, were both the lead actors paid? No, just one. Like, just the... Just um, Alfalba. What? Not even the good So, witch. yeah, this is my shock. Every yeah. time that I find out more about this, it's been like, I see something like Wicked and it's a very, like, professionally stage production. You'd assume that people were behind it were getting paid because they've obviously had training and skills and years of experience in this to be able to pull something off of the scale. So we were, like, asking the questions of why this was going ahead without paying people and why that was an okay attitude to create in our theatre industry and what that really means for, like, theatre graduates and people trying to get out into the scene and the lack of paid opportunities for people. There's so many larger questions to ask um, outside of the show. So that's what Phoebe does. Yeah, I thought it was quite interesting because I haven't seen Wicked, but Bella went to go see Wicked. Yeah, I did and too. And didn't I, know this. I did not know any of mm. this. I just thought it was fucking amazing and would have assumed that they would have been paid very well for such amazing performances, especially the lead cast. That's yeah. shocking. Imagine. I mean, the entire ensemble was really good. Like, I think yeah. we really need to highlight, because I think the ensemble cast often get overlooked, but the ensemble, the movement and the character changes and the and the characterization and the movement of the ensemble from the monkeys to, like, the townspeople in the Emerald City was insane. And I mm-hmm. could not believe that the people who were playing the monkeys, like, that level of movement and skill mm. was insane, mm. were not, like, paid. Because I'm like, how? You guys have so much skill and talent. Mm-hmm. And just the people backstage helped with like costume and stuff like the whole time all I could think about was how many costume changes they had and how quickly they had to do it mm. oh that's crazy I don't have the, the numbers in the article but it's um 100 to 150 I think people yeah um who are involved backstage on stage and backstage mm. volunteer wise Terrible. Moral of the story is that artists should be paid for their work and capitalism should pay artists for their work because it's valuable. Yep. Yeah. Unfortunately, that is not the reality. Yeah. Value art. It's a little bit scary with people like Wayne Brown, the Auckland mayor, shutting down lots of venues and um, underfunding arts in Auckland City. Um, so I just want to aroha all of our artists and everyone who created this issue and who does other stuff because you all deserve to be valued. I have an idea for our last minute or two of the podcast. Bella and I went and did hot takes this week um, and we asked people what their least favourite art form was um, and I think we should go around and talk about an art form or a piece of art or a type of art that we (laughs) don't like. What? Yeah. So... Starting with Bella. Okay. I'm actually going to say two. Okay. Because I I couldn't possibly choose between these two. The first one is like, we were talking about this in the office yesterday. Those pieces of art 
that are like digital illustration and I have nothing against digital illustration. Oh Obviously that is my art form. I know what you're going to say. But digital illustration that's like traced people and they have no faces. I don't oh, understand. Yeah. It bothers me so much. It bothers me when people are doing like commissions of that and like charging so much money for it. And I'm just like, what? Have I told you I've been asked to do that? I've also been asked to do that. <laughs> like, it, it, like that and pet portraits are like the two things that you'll always get asked <laughs> yeah. to do as a digital illustrator. And it just bothers me yeah. very much. The other thing is like ready-made art. Like, you know, that really famous um, art piece. It's just like a urinal. Oh. Shit like that. Like, I understand what it's trying to do. The whole point is that anything can be art. It just doesn't do it for me. Like, I'd much rather see, like, a sculpture of a urinal than just, like, an actual urinal in a gallery. <laughs> yeah. 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 Agree. Okay, Maya, go. Came out with one. Taxidermy. Uh, yeah. Not a fan of taxidermy as an art form. Think it's a bit creepy. Just bury your pets. Have you, have you seen that um, pot roast that cat on tiktok and he died oh my pretty God. recently and he his owner turned to like got him taxidermied but it's like this kind of taxidermy that's also like a robot so he like moves uh, and meows and everything yeah nah don't yeah. like it not a fan of taxidermy <laughs> um it's funny because i asked the question but i actually couldn't think of anything i have a couple things that i've like thought of but like i'm gonna say the hand on top of the city <gasps> art gallery. Oh, I love him. I I, I appreciate him, but he's just fucking weird and scary. <laughs> and the first time I ever took edibles, um, I saw him, and it was really not fun. Um, and he just, I just thought about him too much, and I just don't, I just don't like him that much. And um, yeah, the hand. Yeah. Oh, and also, hand. I don't know if this counts, but the baby that used to be into Papa. <laughs> what? With that, like, with the rattle, and you'd, like, push the buttons, and he would go, wah, you know? What? <laughs> you, you don't know that? Oh, yeah, you're not, you're not a Wellington. This is, like, Wellington childhood yeah, lore. Only the OG Wellingtonians will know this one. To be honest, yeah. I don't think I'm really missing out on much with this story. No, you're not. <laughs> he, he was very scary. He's basically this big, like, robot baby that used to live in Tepapa and he just like was there and he was really terrifying mm -hmm. and you push a button and he would cry or he'd like shake his rattle and he yeah he kind of used to give me nightmares and there was like this little thing this like panel that told you about the person who created him and it had like a photo of him with no skin on <gasps> and that used to always really scare me so him him in the hand I think Ooh. very fair yeah. you just don't like large versions of human yeah, things that even, are a bit uncanny valley. Do you remember those the, that like exhibition where it just had those like massive naked humans? What Like the fuck? a couple years ago. It was really big. They just had like a bunch of like massive humans in some like art gallery somewhere. Um, I didn't like them either. No, but that just makes me think of the fucking Gallipoli um Oh I don't like with them. the giant people. No, I don't like them oh. either. Yeah, you do you must thing hate about Madame Tussauds as well. I've never been. Oh uh, I kinda I want to go. I hated <gasps> Madame no, Tussauds. So true actually because fun fact guys, I used to have a fear of mannequins and they still really scare me because I walked into one when I was five when my dad was I was like at a suit shop with my dad and it, he would like the mannequin had his hands out mm. so it was like he was like you know and I was a small guy 
mannequin like touched my shoulders and I was like, Ugh! and now now they just really scare me. Wait, you were a Doctor Who kid, right? Yeah. You must have hated that episode with the mannequins. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. hate that episode that with the, the mannequins. First, the first Christopher Eccleston episode of Doctor Who. That, that episode's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I also really didn't like the um, uh, uh, Weeping Angels. Oh my god, I still have nightmares about the Weeping Angels. Yeah. They're so scary. Mm-hmm. I just because like I was like, oh my god, I'm not going to be able to keep my eyes open if they come for me, and then it's just going to be, it's all going to be over, and I'm going to have to go back to the 1840s. I've just always thought that if you can wink with both eyes, you'd be fine because you just. I you can't, know? though. I can only wink with one eye. Oh. Well, you just, like, take turns winking with each eye, and then you're always forever going to be looking at the angel. Anyway. Wait, we should wrap this up, guys. We should wrap Wait, this one up. last thing about Doctor Who. Another <laughs> another creature. Oh, first of all, the skin the skin lady. Moisturize yeah, me. Yeah, so slow. Um, that will be me in a thousand years. Um, yeah, I know. I know it's 24 minutes. It's okay. We can take four <laughs> more minutes. The other thing is... Is the Ood. Do you guys, I love the Ood. They scared me as a no, child. they're adorable. Yeah, they're nice, but when they have red eyes and they're being scary, they freak me yeah, out. Yeah, but you f- you have to feel bad for no, them. No, I know. I know, but like I was a child and they just had tentacles and red eyes and I was like, no. That's fair. Okay, yeah. anyway. Okay, wrapping, wait, we didn't oh. talk about the last feature. I'll oh, just sorry. quickly mention. <laughs> um, we have a feature written by Alfie about the future of Gen Z cinema. It's really interesting kind of talking about the direction that cinema is going in after all of the writers and actors' strikes. Yes. Very cool. Lots of film content this year. Yep. We love our film Film bro representation. (laughs) Indeed. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.